welcome back to another episode of the Fluency Matters podcast. I'm Christy Placido, your host, and I'm here with the uh, Fluency Matters Conference Coordinator, Michelle Kint, and she and I are proud to welcome our special guest, uh, Flore- Dr. Florencia Henshaw, and uh, Florencia is going to be delivering our opening keynote address. So welcome, Florencia. It's nice to have you on today. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you so much for the invitation, not just to do this podcast, but uh, to be the keynote at the conference. I'm, I'm truly honored. Thank you. Well, we are We're really excited. excited. <laughs> and I have to say, it's kind of selfish because I'm such a fan of yours. I'm sitting here with your book right now. So it's I'm kind of selfishly, you know, just wanted to have you at our conference so I could fangirl over you a little bit more. So. <laughs> I don't think we got a chance to fangirl over each other at Actful, so we will definitely fangirl over each other at um, at, at Fluency Matters. I can't July. wait. I cannot wait. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. I know everybody's going to want to listen to your podcast and read your book, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So I have a, a PhD in second language acquisition and teacher education, and that TE part is very important to me because uh, the theory is great, but I always, always, always ask this, so what, right? How do, mm-hmm. how do I use this in my classroom, right? I was always, always interested in classroom research mm-hmm. and what's happening in the classroom. Um, so I've always been interested in that. I, I did, a, uh, did some research on interaction, so classroom interaction, mm-hmm. Uh, which I always think is, is truly fascinating and how much it helps for, for language development. Um, I'm the author of Common Ground, the book that you just showed, co-author with uh, Marys Hawkins. Um, and even that partnership, the co-authorship, was very much on purpose. And, and that is because I wanted a co-author who was a K-12 teacher uh, and extra points if they had taught different age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Maris had a lot of creative ideas too. And so it really worked out. And um, so far, we're both really, really happy with how successful the book has been and how well received it has been. Um, last, no, la, not last year. See, I'm already losing track of time. 2021... <laughs> Um, I started a YouTube channel called Unpacking Language Pedagogy, Mm -hmm. um, which originally had like a horrible title, something like, let me read that article for you. And that is because (laughs) even when I was in grad school, I was like, I wish somebody could read the article and just tell me the gist of it. Mm -hmm. I'm a much more visual oral person, not Mm -hmm. so much I'm going to sit and read you know, 20 pages or 30 pages Mm -hmm. of academic writing. Um, And so I always thought, hmm, what if you could just simplify and do like mm-hmm. a video summary of, mm-hmm. of articles? And so I gave it a shot. And again, it was very well received. Um, and so I, I did that. The podcast version of it is sadly um, <laughs> in need of some, you know, TLC, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> I just I just got way too busy. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. You say yes to too many things. <laughs> yes. uh, and then you realize, okay, I got to compromise somewhere. And so the YouTube channel kept growing, uh, mm-hmm. but then I sort of paused uh, the podcast and maybe mm-hmm. at some point I'll, I'll pick it back up. Uh, but it was essentially the same, uh, very mm-hmm. similar. It's just in another format for people to have access to, to the content. Um, and, and that's what I do. I teach Spanish mm-hmm. at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. That is my full-time job. <laughs> 
and I, I just, I, I love teaching and I love being creative. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I love thinking of ideas. I love thinking of activity ideas. Um, and especially, you know, my, my students in the graduate course already know, I'm like super picky about like, what information are we exchanging with each other or am I learning, right? So mm-hmm. I'm all about the content. Um, and then the why, the purpose. Mm-hmm. What, what are others doing with this? Why are you asking me this? Why are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to make sure that learners see a purpose uh, in what I'm asking them to do. I love that. And I, I've watched your, I've watched lots of your YouTube videos and uh, I feel like you have a, a gift for breaking things down into understandable chunks of information. And I think that's really helpful for teachers because I don't think a lot of classroom teachers are spending time reading professional right. journals. I mean, I think we would like to, but we we just don't always have time. So it's really nice to just have it broken down for us. And it's like too long, didn't read. Okay, you're going to give us the summary. So I personally really appreciate that. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And you know what? It's not, some articles are just not easy. They're not easy mm-hmm. to read. Even right. if in, you are doing a PhD, even if you have a PhD, mm-hmm. it takes several times to read it. And then you have to inform yourself of the background. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people see the 10 minute videos and they think, oh, 10 minutes, you could do a bunch of them, but they don't realize just like doing a podcast, they don't realize everything that is going on in the in preparation for it mm-hmm. and how many hours go into just one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I thought that was the other thing, you know, it's not just the time it takes you to sit down and read the article, mm-hmm. but the years it could take you to gain the background knowledge to be able to read the article and connect all the dots and then mm-hmm. be able to draw conclusions for your class. I mean, that is a lot, you know, that sometimes right. people don't realize. I just, so I, mm-hmm. I absolutely respect, I don't have time to read articles either sometimes. I mean, it just, <laughs> that, that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I personally like that you mentioned that the teacher educator piece is is really important. Teacher education piece is really important to you because that's really what our conference is all about is helping teachers take that next step, that plunge into um, trying something different in their classroom. And, yes. and we provide at the conference uh, great coaching and wonderful trainers that really break it down for people, mm-hmm. give them steps to process some of the techniques that we want to use and give them a chance to practice. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited that that's a passion of yours as well. Francia. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's important also to dispel the myth that Teachers just want you to give them the activity to go to tomorrow. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that is a big myth. There's so mm-hmm. many teachers, if not most or all of them, that want to know the why. They want right. to understand things because they want to feel confident doing that activity that you told them is so great. You know, so right. um, I think that sometimes it's a misunderstanding that, mm-hmm. you know, college people care about the research and teachers don't, you know, those dichotomies, <laughs> which is part of the talk I'm going to give, just right, those yeah. dichotomies that, it's, you know, no, there's a lot more nuance there that I think that mm-hmm. sometimes when we just do the this or that game, mm-hmm. uh, it's not fair. It's not fair to either side, right? It's same with saying that college people just care about research and not the teaching, right? Like it's just that, that is just not fair, you know, to, mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. making those, to putting 
um, to be picking teams or to do this or that, mm-hmm. or you have to choose one side or you only care about one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be a little bit more nuanced. But yes, I like to simplify mm-hmm. things, but nuance sometimes is very necessary. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times teachers are asked to justify why they're doing what they're doing. And I think especially yes. um, even though we we talk about proficiency all the time and, you know, we're sometimes we feel like we're surrounded by people who are talking about proficiency. But the reality is for a lot of classroom teachers, they might be in a department where not everybody has been enlightened to the news. And so it's. If you know how to explain the why of what you're trying to do, you're more likely going to get your message across to the people that need to hear it. 100% and being informed. Sometimes it's not just, there is definitely, you know, in some programs, perhaps the training was not as extensive or perhaps Mm -hmm. they did a little bit of everything. And so they didn't Mm -hmm. get to, you know, delve deeper into one particular side Mm -hmm. of it. But sometimes you may encounter colleagues who have a lot of training Mm-hmm. But they have been following a different train of thought because there's not a mm-hmm. single theory of second mm-hmm. language acquisition. And so you need to be informed to understand where they are coming from mm-hmm. and where you are coming from and find that common ground. Because sometimes there is a lot of common ground, but it mm-hmm. feels like we're too too quick mm-hmm. to categorize people, to label people. Um, and then we, we we're not engaging in conversations or in dialogues, right? Everybody just feels mm-hmm. like they need to defend their side. Yeah. Uh, and, and there should be more conversations and, and, and safe conversations. You know, mm-hmm. Michelle, you were talking about trying new things. You have to try them without that fear of people right. judging you or of people doubting you or of people, you know, uh, being skeptical about what you're saying. Um, and so I think that that's part of what I want to be able to do with my keynote in 45 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, but just to be able to to emphasize the importance of understanding some of these concepts in a way that it's not so emotionally charged, because if you if we get, you know, to and like, no, I'm going to defend input, I'm going to defend output, then we, we become afraid. We're like, oh, my God, I'm going to do an output activity. Are they going to judge me? <laughs> and it shouldn't be that way, right? It should be about trying and understanding why you're doing what you're doing at different stages, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I, I, I very much believe that when you are informed, not just of one side, not just of one thing, right? But it just to have a, a more balanced approach, then you feel more confident. You feel more mm-hmm. confident engaging with a colleague who may not know. You feel more confident engaging with a colleague who claims to know everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, you, right. the confidence, right. I think, goes a long way. And, and the information is is important. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that um, teachers always have to keep in mind, we don't always do everything purely because this is going to help students acquire language, we, we have to consider things like social, social, emotional learning. And, you know, so sometimes we might choose to set up an activity in a certain way because it's going to work well for that particular group of students. And there's just, there's so many factors that go into what we do every single day. It's not always going to be pure according to a certain methodology. It's just in reality, that can't really happen. So I think it's important to just explore what we do, why we do it, why we make the decisions that we do, and talk to each other about that. 100%. One of the questions I, you know, besides the, what information are we conveying, and then what will others do with information, another question that I started adding in my presentations is, 
is it an achievable and enjoyable challenge, right? So you mm -hmm. have to find that right spot for your learners in terms of the level, but you have to know your learners and what they enjoy mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. uh, my students don't like the whole go around the room and ask things and collect mm -hmm. names. They dread those activities. Yeah. <laughs> so why am I doing it? Just because somebody tells me that is great for input mm -hmm. or for output or for mm -hmm. whatever, I'm not because the students are not enjoying it. And mm -hmm. so you have to know your students and what kinds mm -hmm. of things so that are going to be good for them. I'm mm -hmm. horrible at telling stories. I'm going to be honest with you. So I couldn't do a whole like storytelling. <laughs> the, the students would end up probably laughing at me more than anything. Mm -hmm. But it's just because it would be so awkward that the energy would be off, right? And so you yeah. have to find what is an enjoyable challenge for everyone involved, both you and the students. Uh, and, and that is, there's no formula for it. That, you, it, mm -hmm. that is the part of the art of teaching. Yes. So Florencia, you mentioned some dichotomies, and I don't want to give away your whole keynote because we definitely want to keep that... Um, you know, sacred for our conference, but we, um, you know, in language teaching, there are a lot of sides, a lot of people that are coming at it from different sides, like we talked about. And what do you see as one of the big ones that you're going to maybe talk about? You don't have to go into depth, but what, what do you think it is and why are, I mean, I think we've kind of covered that already, why some of these messages are so important, but what's another one that, that's, that you have noticed is a big one for our community. And I mean, these are things that in the field of second language acquisition and research, this is what has fueled so many studies, right? That economies usually are. Um, but I see it a lot in teaching and in teaching communities, uh, language teachers. Um, one is the one that I just mentioned, the whole input and output, right? As complete dichotomies and almost like you have to pick a side or you have to choose one and one is good and one is bad or one is necessary the other one is not and then there's a lot of this is this or that right it's like which one do you choose um and i think that if we don't fully understand what we mean by input and output if we don't fully understand what functions they may have if we don't fully understand areas where there might be some overlap uh if we don't fully um think about why some people are saying things like input doesn't contribute to sorry output doesn't contribute to acquisition why are they saying that right mm -hmm, does right. it mean that the wrong no less the, here's where the nuance comes in and we mm -hmm. we cannot be you know just talking past each other and it's either right or wrong all the time right so um that's one definitely that i will unpack and then um the other one probably no surprise and this is something that you know sla loves to debate is the whole not even should be to me it's not even a dichotomy but it has been presented as a dichotomy which is form and meaning mm -hmm. right so it's either you either focus on many many meaning no grammar no grammar don't even say grammar grammar is a bad word right or you're like form grammar <gasps> you're traditional right like all of a sudden you <laughs> went to the other extreme of the pendulum right and I think that people almost have these emotional reactions or associations right. with it where meaning is good and then you talk about form and grammar, especially the word grammar. And people have an emotional reaction to the word, right? Mm -hmm. Because they I have do. these associations of drill, <laughs> yeah. of explanations, right? It, 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 happens, it happens even to, to you know, colleagues with PhDs in SLA that still hear the word grammar and it's like a fire, you know, five, uh, five alarm fires. Like, no, like, let's not have that emotional reaction 
before we engage in fully understanding what people are saying and, and, and what exactly are we talking about when we talk about form and meaning and why I don't think there's a dichotomy, right? Because they, I, they both go together. We mm -hmm. want them to go together. So it's sometimes it's just unfortunate uh, that it feels like you have to choose that side of the focus on form, focus on meaning, right? Like you got to mm -hmm. pick a camp. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lot more nuanced than that. Right. I like that word nuance. I was going to bring that back because it truly is nuanced. You might do something that is output focused, but it might have, it might provide more input in the long run. Oh you know, yeah. And get every, an answer. Yes. All the, all the output activities I do, output is someone else's input and they have to do something with it. So whatever mm -hmm. a student is saying, someone else needs to understand it and do something with it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't become just an output for the sake of language practice, as in they were able mm -hmm. to write this, great, and you toss it, you know? As much as you can keep circling back, right, mm -hmm. and sort of um, communication one and the other, you know? I feel like that word practice mm -hmm. is another word that kind of can be a oh. little trigger. Like, I felt a little like, practice? <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, my keynote for uh, ICTFL, which is the Illinois Council mm -hmm. on the Teacher of Foreign Languages, um, that was one of them. I mean, I went through some of the words that just people have this reaction to, um, and yeah, practice grammar, sometimes even feedback, because mm -hmm. people think of feedback as correcting errors, right? Mm -hmm. It's just some people have these immediate associations with mm -hmm. certain words, uh, and then all, the, the new one sort of gets um, lost. But, oh, believe me, I've had lots of conversations about the word practice. Mm -hmm. And I always push back because I'm not, I don't think there's any word or term in particular that, I mean, except for maybe drill. Drill, I just, mm -hmm, I, have, mm -hmm. I can't think of any positive association. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, can, I mean, I'm open, but I'm struggling to come up with one right now. Yeah. Uh, except for drill, I would say, even practice, I understand where it's coming from. And sometimes it's coming from a very well-meaning place. So instead of jumping to say, mm -hmm. oh, you said practice, yeah. <laughs> let's listen to each other. Let's right. understand what that person is visualizing when they say practice. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times, 99% of the time, I think that we're on the same page, right? And especially, mm -hmm. I, I still believe most of us have the same goal. Uh, yes, and we yeah. cannot lose sight of that goal and how much mm -hmm. we want to help students. We want to help students to develop communicative ability in the language. We cannot lose sight of that goal. And so if we keep focusing so much on the differences, the different terms we use, mm -hmm. the different approaches or the different preferences we may have, we lose sight of mm -hmm. all that we actually do have in common. Yeah. And we're all on the same team, well, so I, we shouldn't fight with each other, right? right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I really appreciate that message, Florencia. I think it is important for us to find our common ground, find the things that make us who we are and that we do what we do for the good of our students and for language acquisition. So I, I, I do appreciate that. And I'm excited to, to hear your keynote this summer. Me on too. July 18th. Yes. All right. Thank Fluency you. Matters Thank you. Conference. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us today. And um, I know our listeners are really going to enjoy hearing everything that you have to say. 
And so everyone who's out there listening, I would just like to remind you that you can get in touch with us by emailing fluencymatters2023 at waysidepublishing.com. And or you can connect with Fluency Matters on any social media platform that you prefer. So thanks again to Florencia. It's been great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Thank you. See you in July. (laughs) We'll see ya. Bye. 